Welcome down to this week's episode, folks. Paddy Talks Golf is presented by SeedGolf.com. They are premium quality golf balls at half the price. It's a no-brainer. They also have plenty of other products available on that lovely website. Check them out. And there is new products incoming. Golf bags. Shag bags. All the bags. But yeah, really great guys. Really good team over at Seed Golf. They've supported me since before day one. Since before this podcast, Seed Golf were support me in my creativity is that what you call it in what i'm trying to do which is showcase iris golf another company of the same ilk the same background founded in ireland uh is jude's golf apparel and they do oh, they do everything everything to do with golf they do um i really love their apparel i'm thinking about getting a trolley i'm 34 now so Drudes, you might get a new order for me today for, for one of those swanky trolleys that I see everybody having. So yeah, maybe it's a case of, um, I just feel left out, you know. Maybe I just want one because everybody else has one. But um, no, it'd be useful for the old back, you know, when I start carrying a card in my back pocket. They tend to be quite heavy. So I might need a bit of extra assistance, especially for the last three or four holes. And uh, a trolley might come in handy. This week's episode is with someone who's great crack, loads of fun, um, but takes her job pretty seriously as the ultimate professional. This week's episode with Mary Doyle of the GOI, well, of the Golf Ireland Academy. Roll it there, Roshi. Joe Bradley told us the production line was finished in Kerry. Well, Joe Bradley, what did he get at? Welcome to this week's episode. This woman knows me. I don't know how long you know me. Maybe you just know me from like dropping off coffees into the academy. A few times, yeah, you've done that now. It's great. Nice little surprise for us. The depth of winter. Not just for Mary now, for like all the staff. It's like first come, first served. Yeah, exactly. Mary Doyle is this week's uh, victim. Mary, how are things? I'm good, Paddy. How are you? I'm trying not to bad. Sure. Struggling, but sure, who would listen? (laughs) <laughs> thanks for having me on no panic at all so this has been recorded pre-April 26 but who hopefully I'll have edited it and gotten it out and we're all back in the fair with golf and so just to put it into context for anybody listening um, what the status is here so we're waiting to get back we're waiting for news so hopefully by the time people listen to this everyone will be back and happy and golfing and outside and getting lessons whether you're under 18 or over 18 we'll just go with that premise will we that's it that's the dream <laughs> <laughs> that's the dream Mary Doyle what's your earliest memory of golf yeah my earliest memory would probably be golfing with my brother Adam and my dad in Portlaoise Golf Club at like half seven in the morning uh, before school because we were only starting off and we didn't want to slow down everybody else because we hadn't a clue uh, but that's probably my earliest memory and also like in Portlaoise Golf Club we, I used to play like a, a Monday morning sweep and I was the only girl. So that was kind of my earliest memory and just playing with a bunch of boys on the golf course. Yeah. What is a Monday morning sweep? It's like, um, so you show up and whoever shows up on the morning, you sign a card and um, I think it was Richard that used to do it for us and he'd pick out a few cards 
and those will be your playing partners and you put a fiver in or whatever and then whoever has the best score wins the money. So good. No, it's decent. That's kind of the way I run the little golf society at work well when we had a golf society and we could go places was like it was very much learn who else is in the society, you know, get to know other people. So I think that's a great idea for clubs mm-hmm. is to have little competitions like that so you get to know the other members. You know, so you're not yeah. always playing with the same two or three people all the time, you know. Exactly. Yeah, it kind of pushed me out of my comfort zone anyway, because I didn't know most of the other junior members. Uh, so I was kind of forced into playing with them. But um, it was great, yeah. That's fantastic. So, grow up in Port Leash. That's big rugby town, isn't it? That's big, rug- uh, big rugby heads in Leash, if memory serves. There is a big rugby pitch, actually, in Tucker, near where I live, out in the country. Uh, I'm not a big rugby woman myself, but the, yeah. the question does come. The question was: Was there any other like competing sport as you grow up? So golf was kind of there. Your dad and family played. Did you play any other sports growing up? Yeah, I played loads. Um, so I played Gaelic football. Loved Gaelic football. Played basketball, soccer, and I did a good bit of swimming as well. Uh, so played on all those kind of team sports and played on the school teams, and then. It was actually one of my basketball coaches that kind of got me to get a handicap in golf, Angela, and uh, that's how I kind of started then. That's brilliant. Uh, I have a big love. I'm a big lover of basketball from afar. I've never actually played myself, aside from 21, you know, (laughs) Uh, or I gave a 21. If you play basketball, you're generally, you know, you're generally quite an esteemed athlete. You know, it's unbelievable for like hand-eye coordination. There's a reason great basketball players. Yeah, it's tough going like uh fitness wise. I was dripping and sweat every time I came off the court anyways. <laughs> <laughs> so so when did golf become serious for you? Um golf became serious around fourteen, fifteen, I wanna say, because that's kind of the age that I had to make a decision if I wanted to continue playing football and basketball or if I wanted to commit to golf just because there's so many tournaments on and then they clash with football matches. So that's kind of when it came serious. I kind of wanted to take it further, got coaches uh, or got lessons off my first coach and um, started playing tournaments and started traveling around Ireland to compete in like the regional championships and stuff. Yeah, like, like serious is probably the wrong word. I suppose it became more priority of the other sport. Because a like, commitment, I suppose. I, yeah, more of a commitment, commitment. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When you're 14 or 15, nothing should be serious. Do you know what I mean? No, it was still uh, fun. Definitely still fun. <laughs> where along that journey then, going through your teenage years, etc., did you were like, I could make a career out of this? Was there a compelling event or a compelling moment or performance when you recognized, you know what, I, I, I want to do this all the time? I suppose winning the Irish Close Championship, that was a big moment. Um, didn't really think I had much of a chance going in there. I think I was only 17 or 18 at the time. And um, winning that kind of gave me a bit of reassurance that I'm actually like good at golf. And it's definitely something that I want to pursue further. Um, I suppose it was I kind of liked the um, experience of winning. That was good. And I also liked the experience of just playing golf because it was... 36 holes each day. I think it was over four days. And I was loving life. I was like, golf every day. All day, every day. Great. Want to do it more? <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, so, so where was that held? Uh, in that a in Sligo. Okay. 
so it wasn't uh you know it was a pretty hard golf course as well yeah, <laughs> you know? it was tough. and at the time i was like a driver off everything and i played it recently again and i was like cheesy how did i hit driver off this but, you know? <laughs> because you hit it so much further now yeah <laughs> you're hitting it into the trouble now yeah let's say that mm. <laughs> I'm really bad at preparing for these types of chats, especially with people I kind of know already. So, like, <laughs> um, you may have known this uh, when you joined the call because it took me about eight minutes to get my act together. <laughs> but, like, so what I mean by that is, did scholarships ever come on the radar? I don't even know if you went on one. Did it come on the radar oh. to go stateside or anything like that? Yeah, I actually, I got an American scholarship to a university in North Carolina. And I went there, um, I was supposed to be there for four years, and it ended up being four months. So it was like a, a long holiday. Right. Didn't, right. just didn't really uh, click with the, like, American culture, to be honest. Um, didn't really suit me. I think there was a number of things going on at the time. And I didn't realize how Irish I was until I was over there, I suppose. And then oh, I, I tell you, like, I worked abroad for a couple of years. I worked abroad for a couple of years. I think I mentioned this as much as I can. Yeah. But, like, after two weeks, I was full on, like, listening to Cranberries albums and U2, who I never <laughs> yeah. would have listened to before. Like, week two, deep into the yeah. you know? That's was nice. it a bit of that? Or did you just see that you were different? Or was there onboarding not there? I think it was, was um, delivered or what? It was a mixture of things, I suppose. The golf courses were slightly different, so it was all about carry distance, and I much prefer Lynx golf, so a different kind of style of golf. Then just kind of trying to fit in with college as a whole. But I suppose the thing that I didn't realize was that when you're in college, you do spend a lot of time by yourself, like, and you're trying to get used to that, whether it's in America or in Ireland. And I was kind of struggling with that a little bit because I had all these responsibilities. I was like, oh, your mom's not here now to remind me what to do. And But that's the same whether it's in America or Ireland. Um, I did like the weather. That was the one thing I did like. And the food, which was not great. <laughs> um, but yeah, it just didn't really suit me. Um, I wanted to be back home and that's kind of what I did. And then I went into the Minute Scholarship Program, which I loved. Very good. So can you spot the difference then first? Because I've spoken to people who've been on both mm-hmm. and people on, who've done Minute love it. But some people who've done Minute and gone to America and vice versa, gone to America and come back. Mm-hmm. And it really depends on what you need from my ascertain is your personality, academically, golfing-wise, support. And yeah, so what's your comparison with the two? Now, granted, not every university is the same, even across America. America's kind of big, you know. But what really made it the scholarship for you in, in Minute? Um, in Minute, I liked the way we had like a weekly setup. And I think as a team, we work better as a community. Like there was a better support system there. Um, Barry runs the scholarship. And I thought he was great, like of making sure that we had like a schedule, of, schedule and a program. Uh, so we'd go to gym twice a week, yoga once a week, and then we'd have like different psychology sessions, practice sessions. And I think that kind of support system with the coaches and um, trainers that we had and as a team, like training together, I think that really helped and it really helped keep you motivated and just a nice place to be, I suppose. So I've met Barry. We did a podcast and we did a podcast about six weeks before COVID hit. And I've struggled to find out when to release it. 
So it's a really good conversation, but a lot of it was like everything they were planning to do this year, which all went to shit, right? Yeah. <laughs> so I get back onto Barry. Because um, it was one of the last ones I did, like, with a person. Okay. On the table, you know? So it was really, really good. So I'll, I'll play mm. again now when, 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 when stuff is Dude, over. But this week, Barry, when you're listening to this one, Barry, I'll be on to you because it's like, <laughs> like four weeks ago. Um, why teaching? You come out from a golf scholarship. Everyone's assumes golf scholarship, LPGA, right? Which is a yeah. gross mass assumption. So where yeah. was that? Where did that lie with you and, and why teaching? Um, so I suppose when I was younger, I did consider like LPGA and tour professional. And then as I got kind of older, finishing college, um, I started working more and I kind of realized that um, as a tour professional, you probably spend a lot of time on your own. And I, I just kind of, I preferred um a community where there's more people around and I also kind of just like the structure of having like um maybe as the teaching provides like so um why teaching I suppose the opportunity came up for me when I was in Minute and I started doing a few hours in the academy and I started being around the guys that I work with now and watching what they do and I just thought it was really interesting and I thought I could give it a go well, you're definitely giving it a go from from every time I visit. I, I think um, with you there, not not slating um, Kenny McDonough or anything who was there before you, but like it's way more fun up there now. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I miss you. I miss Like no, but like there, it's bubbly. It's fun. You have a chat. It's quite like even if you like I go there by myself for like forty minutes or an hour to get some practice in. Remember when we used to go be able to go do practice? That was great. But um, <laughs> so like, what's it like? Is there a specific culture trying to build in the academy, or is it just just the way it is? Is this or? Um, it's a great place to work. To be honest, it's a really fun place to work. Um, I think our goal is to make people feel welcome when they come in, um, and also trying to maybe attract every like loads of different types of people into the game and encouraging more accessibility maybe into the game but i suppose um as a team we work really well together like we're kind of friends so that makes it easy to work with we have a bit of banter and um i suppose the environment that we work in is quite fast paced so we're able to bounce off each other well and that's what keeps it kind of entertaining no, some, some, like I've been around when there's been a couple of junior groups going now. Granted, that's like 18 months ago now, which is mad. Yeah. But like, it always feels like great fun. Like I was growing up and it was maybe, you know, you're, we're not clear, so like there was maybe four to six of us. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But in the academy, like it, it looks like this big environment of great fun. Like if you're a kid, you know what I mean? Like I'm 30 plus and I'm like, oh, can I, can I? I die in that like great crack, you know. So that's kind of frowned upon without some guard vetting. But I mean, how do you? And maybe this is something that I know Golf Ireland is doing across with clubs and stuff. But what is your approach then to to teaching juniors and making it fun? Yeah, so um, we have a really good junior program in the academy at the minute. Um, I think we have about eight or nine classes a week that we run, and. The main thing for keeping it fun for juniors, in my opinion, would be to give them a skill to work on and then a game to kind of challenge it and something that like they can compete in as a team. They seem to love the team things. And we also have like different putting games and they just like the kind of buzz of 
competing and getting points and seeing who wins and the leaderboard. And I think that keep, gets it to be exciting and keeps them interested and makes it fun. Can you see any, I suppose I'm always thinking of what to do in the future and how you can make things better, mm-hmm. not calling the baby ugly, but like how can we make what we do good and, and make it better? Mm-hmm. Do you see, I'm just going to think out loud here now for a second. You'd know I'd prepare for these podcasts, wouldn't you? <laughs> do you see maybe how you could have like a, a Golf Ireland Roadshow or an Academy Roadshow or we're in Cork Golf Club today or we're in, let's say, Douglas or we're in Connemara and we're going to do a, a camp for the day and kind of show that club or the volunteers how, to, how you can make it fun. Because mm-hmm. I think parents, it's parent-led and sometimes parents are very much, it's golf so it's serious. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. do you see that as a possible option project, or or is that like way too blue sky thinking? Well, I mean, it could be. It depends on um, how many people we'd have working on it. Like, but I think increasing the awareness of how to make golf fun is definitely something that um, will be worth investing in. Like, um, I think, as you say yourself, parents might take it a little bit too seriously. Like sometimes I actually have a group of five-year-olds that I coach and um, the main thing is just getting them hitting the ball. And some parents have come to me and like, oh, so-and-so is not doing their grip properly. And I'm like, yeah, but he's able to hit the ball and he's, he's buzzing like. So that's the main yeah. thing. Um, and if they kind of start to associate golf with fun, they'll want to come back. And as they grow older, exactly. you start tidying up things more so. But at the ages of five and six, um, it's all about having fun and getting them into the game and just getting them to enjoy it. Absolutely. The reason I say that is because I have a 10-year-old, right? Yeah. When he was like four and 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 quit for a thought. It's like when he was four and five, I was like, he kind of wants to come to the golf house with me, right? Yeah. Um, but I was taking it too seriously. I was like, left hand over right, you know, and it's like, it wasn't until I went to... Um, and it was for all of some certification day um, down in uh, Ballyneasy, not Ballyneasy, uh, Tipperary somewhere, right? Middle of the country, so everyone can go. And I was like, this is really fun. This is how every kid should learn how to play. So now he, I do some of those games and he loves it, right? And it's, can we go do the chipping game and then get a bowl of chips? So it is, he sees it as fun now. And it's just, I wouldn't have known that unless I'd actually gone out and done a specific day because my son has all, do you know what I mean? So the main there, the parents might just approach it the same way I, I would have six years ago. Yeah. So it's, it's really cool that that's been done at, at the top of the tree, as you might call it, because that's the way, that's how people see the, the, the Golf Ireland Academy is the top of the tree. So it's great to learn, yeah. I suppose, showcase that the Golf Ireland Academy is for every golfer in the country. If you want to take up golf, if you're a member, if you're not a member, rock in, talk to Mary, talk to Niall, talk to Kenny and, and see what can be done. Do you do much conversations or setting expectations with parents pre or um, post camps or with regards to what do you mean like with regards to I suppose because different kids like you know so like a kid starting versus a 10 year old Tom McGibbon mm-hmm. who's at a yeah. completely different level just yeah. I suppose set expectations or manage expectations for both child parent and yourselves does that happen at the moment or yeah, like I mean, um, at the minute I'm trying to schedule all the juniors into their um classes, and me personally, I think that the juniors should be a like grouped according to age and ability. Um, so we'd have like I'd have a couple of classes where I know the juniors are around eleven or twelve, and they've been in the classes for a few years. They kind of know 
what what's going on and then maybe there's the complete beginners that are coming in so it's kind of nice to group them according to ability and age one so that they can make friends and two so that they're making relative comparisons rather than they're going into a class and one junior is able to hit 150 yards and another one doesn't know how to grip it like you want to make sure that they don't get discouraged you want to encourage them into the game make it fun and allow them to make friends so that they feel like a part of a community Absolutely. That's, that's like music to my ears. It's brilliant. It's fantastic. And I don't think enough people know about what you do um, in the academy, to be fair. You're currently going through your PGA. That's right. Yeah. My exams are coming up at the end of the month. I'm buzzing, kind of. So, so Amy Condon told me that she's able to handle it because she does it, like she does a, a, a section and then she does the work. Mm-hmm. That would you do mail or do you leave it last minute? No, uh, like the lads actually slag me. I put the, uh, I have my assignments done way in advance. It's mad. I've always been kind of like that. I'm a bit of a planner. So I like to have things done in advance and then I can go back and reread it and kind of like to prepare as best I can. Kind of the way I approach my golf and the classes, like I think preparation is a big part and having games set up for the kids and having um, all my notes done for my study kind of going hand in hand, you know, like if you're prepared well, I think you're giving yourself the best chance to succeed and do a good job. Absolutely. I think that's what God can teach a lot of people about life. I think Michelle, Michelle Holmes is um, is a, an Irish-American coach. I don't know if ever come across Michelle. Um, yeah. but that's one of her most for her juniors, you know, who are competing, is that she doesn't ask what they scored. It's how, how did it go? Did you have fun? Did you come prepared? And they go, oh, no. And then the first question is, did you come prepared? Mm-hmm. You know, so that's, that's, that's good to hear that that's um, one of your key senses as well. For any 14 to 19-year-old boy or girl who's listening, um, hopefully they don't pick up on me dropping the odd curse word. But mm-hmm. what would you tell them, maybe especially ladies that are women out there, what it's like working as a teaching profession? Mm-hmm. What's it like? Well, the first thing is I find it very fun. You're working with a lot of different people. You're always working with people, which is great. So being a people person and having good communication skills, I suppose, are key. Well, they're very helpful anyways. Um, It's challenging in a way where you're always forced to kind of adapt to the person in front of you. Um, so it's always about the player in front of you rather than what you want to teach. It's kind of what they want to learn and how do they learn best. Um, so remaining flexible and kind of open-minded is a big thing to it. And I think that's what I like about it so much is that it's always changing. It's always new. Um, and also, uh, it's always fun and you're playing golf. You get to hit a few shots when before or after work. And you get to meet loads of nice people. So you don't start till one. But you finish at ten. So Yeah, I know. Yeah. So it's a bit different. Uh we're doing the academy anyway. Or we finish Have at you... nine. Yeah, one to nine. It's grand. It's an eight hour shift, isn't it? Yeah. Throughout your journey through golf, and this could be from when you start taking it with more priority as a fourteen or fifteen year old on through to now. Have you have you encountered any obstacles or situation is because you're a female in sport or I just have to ask the question because like it's yeah some people would assume you would and I'm trying to show that you know maybe it isn't or maybe it is what's been your experience 
Um, to be honest, not really. Like even going back to playing golf on Monday morning in Port Leash, I was always felt very welcome. Um, especially as a female, I would say people go out of their way to try to encourage um, a welcoming environment for females. Um, in terms of obstacles, I can't really think of one that comes to mind, like specific to being a woman in a male-dominated sport. But I think um, the biggest obstacle as a PGA pro like, is finding the time to compete and practice your own game, which I was kind of amazed with. And I think that's for both genders, obviously. But you're teaching golf all day and then you actually just don't get as much time as you'd think to practice and then compete because when our tournament's on, that's our busiest schedule, our busiest time of the year. So it's mad, but um, specifically as a female, not really, if I'm honest. Well, no, that's brilliant because, like, you're not the only one, you're not the only person who's had to, who hasn't had obstacles. So it just means things are changing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because early doors of the podcast would have had a chat with like Hazel Cabin and she'd she'd a, a few obstacles to overcome. Now that was not putting an aid on Hazel, but um you're quite young, Mary. So <laughs> put it that way. <laughs> put it that way. Um but that's brilliant. Do you know what I mean? Um throughout your own development, and it might be for your own development, golf skills wise or teaching wise, what advice would you give like fifteen year old Mary Doyle? Like if you did this couple of things to advance way quicker yeah oh gosh so many things um i suppose so many that... <laughs> things this might be a long this would be a longer episode than normal <laughs> no no i'll try to stick to a few uh, a handful um the first one is definitely keep it simple because as a player i kind of got very technical towards the end and i wanted to try fit all the bits that i knew about golf and the golf swing into every shot and I almost stressed myself. Well, I actually did kind of stress myself out because I was like, God, I can't remember everything. And at the end of the day, it's a sport. Like the range is for practicing, building on your technique, and the golf course is for going out there and competing and playing with freedom. Um, I suppose that would be my second uh, piece of advice is playing with freedom, like being open-minded and playing the shot that you see in front of you rather than trying to corner yourself into like, what's the right shot here? Um, whereas like, I suppose the way I see golf now is that there's so many different ways to play a golf shot and there's so many ways to make a par. So be kind of creative with the shots that you're seeing and kind of go with it rather than trying to pick the right shot because there isn't really one right shot. Um, the third piece would be probably to be a bit more open-minded Definitely, when I was younger, I was a bit more stubborn that I was like, no, I think I know the right way now. Um, you mean my a teenager way, thinks like that? <laughs> What's that? You mean a teenager thinks like that? Yeah, I think exactly. I know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so trying to kind of consider different perspectives would have helped me and being open to different ideas and different opinions and different approaches would have definitely helped me advance my career faster and probably more efficiently and that's definitely something i'm working on now trying to consider in different viewpoints and incorporating into that my approach and my approach to coaching um probably the last one is 
to have fun, like to make sure that I'm enjoying stuff and having fun. Like it's not serious. It's a game. It's a sport. You're supposed to be going out there and having fun. And when I look back, the rounds that I had the most fun on are the rounds that probably had like the best score. And those are the ones that I remember. And those are the ones that bring me back out. So kind of one of my priorities now when I'm playing is like one of my process goals, as I call them, is to have fun and to enjoy myself on each hole. Um, so I think, I think that would be the main pieces of information I'd pass on. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's deadly. I mean, there's nothing too complicated there. And it's just common sense. So and that's for anyone of any age, not just the 15-year-old Mary Doyle's running yeah. around. <laughs> Mary, there's great crack in the academy, so you can pick a story from then. <laughs> but maybe it's one from, like, going around the country, competing in your mid to late teens, in your early life, as it is already. Yeah. Have you any, we'll call it, um, tale from the tour for us? Um... I try to think, I definitely have, I have one from the academy, which um, like when we were back working there and we'd have to take turns on the reception and everything. And the Irish rugby players would train in Carton and like sometimes they come down to the range and I wouldn't have a clue like who these guys are and they'd come in and I'm like, oh, are you a member with us? And like Niall would be over my shoulder being like, that's Johnny Sexton? And I was like, oh, sorry. Um, so that was good. But another one like maybe from when I was younger was that I remember I was competing in my first home internationals. I think it was in Wales and it was under 18s or whatever. And we we're staying in a hotel and I my roommate went down because she was teeing off earlier than me and I just slept through my alarm. <laughs> I remember getting a, like a knock on the door. I think it was actually Dave at the time. And like I was in a panic, rushing down, like put my top on backwards, had to change in the bathroom before my tee shot. And I was kind of shaking like on the tee box. I was playing with Chloe Ryan at the time. And she was like, just take a deep breath. You're fine. And I ended up bombing it down the down the middle off the, um, for my first shot for Ireland. So it was okay. It ended up fine in the end, but that was pretty funny looking back. Not too bad. Um, maybe we should just do it all the time. Sleep in late and just, what, what does Keelan <laughs> call it? Um, Rose Royce. Oh. <laughs> off we go. <laughs> That's Keelan Rocky now, not, not Keelan McDonald. Keelan McDonald. I'll probably fall, fall out. Yeah. Um, <laughs> joke. joke. Um, it's I'm going to throw in a bonus question here because we're currently in lockdown. When this goes out, it won't be in lockdown. But describe your ideal day involved in golf. What do you do in the morning? What golf course do you go see? And what do you have for dinner afterwards? What? It was that. Oh, God, that's a hard one. I'm going to indulge myself now because this is all I've been thinking about. Where would I go today? I'd yeah. I'd go to for seven days straight. So what would Mary Doyle do? Yeah, well, definitely I'd, it would be an early round. So I'd probably want to be on the tee at like eight. I kind of like the early morning rounds. Um, so I'd get up maybe around six, have breakfast and a coffee, go down, hit a few shots, make sure I'm stretched out a little bit. What course did I play is a hard one. I want to say Enniscrone. Obviously, I'm biased. Um, Enniscrone, maybe. Scene of many a Mary Doyle victory, apparently. <laughs> I really love that course. I love Lynx Golf as well. Um, I also love the island, actually, as well. So either Enniscrone or the island. 
um and then I come in and I'd probably like if the golf club were serving chicken fillet rolls, like I'd have one of those, no problem. <laughs> I love a dirty chicken fillet roll, I can't help it. <laughs> Cheese and ketchup. Oh no, I go with mayonnaise and lettuce. Oh, oh no. Oh, no. We're gonna fall out. We're gonna fall out. <laughs> Uh, hold off on who you're having the chicken rolls with until after the quickfire Q&A. So you're ready for the quickfire Q&A, Mary? I'm ready. Let's go. What is your walk-on song? What would it be? Oh, Eminem, Shake That. <laughs> I love it. There's an awkward silence there for the <laughs> Rocking up in the academy at five to one with Eminem. I love it. Uh, gym or pizza? Pizza. I love pizza. No, no problem with that. <laughs> Pure pizza and mace hit me up. Uh, hat, visor, or bucket hat? Mm, hat. Go with hat, yeah. Standard, a classic, a staple. <laughs> a wardrobe staple. Yes. <laughs> a happy Gilmore or tin cup? Oh, happy Gilmore. Ah. Guinness Heineken or a cup of tea? Guinness, all the way. <laughs> walk or cart? Walk, fact, walk. Get those steps up. I've been obsessed with the 10,000 steps since <laughs> Obsessed. How, 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 many, how many steps is, is uh, the Montgomery course in Carton? Oh, Jesus. I th- If I say a guess, I'd say around 14, 15,000, maybe. Maybe a bit more. You're, you're, you're definitely straight off the tee than I am because it took me 21,000 steps when I played with now last year. God. <laughs> uh, well, that's more my army golf than. Yeah, it's going to say back and forth. <laughs> they think I might have had a dose of the shanks that day. There you go. Instagram or Twitter? Instagram all day. Love Instagram. Play or practice? Play. Always play. Definitely. Lovely. Coming back to the chicken fillet rolls, the bonus question on the pod of the last, I don't know, 20 episodes has been uh, you're finished your day in the academy, you're going home to dinner for you, that's chicken fillet rolls, <laughs> uh, and you can have six people to dinner with you, three people down each side, you're at the head of the table. Who is at Mary Doyle's candlelit chicken roll dinner? Like golfer wise, like my favorite. Anyone, golfer, celebrity, family, oh. other half, oh, nephew, dead, alive, fantasy, kind of Harry Potter there. Your choose. Oh my god, this is tough now. Let's see. Um, well, Tiger Woods, obviously. Uh, I probably have Jack Nicholas there as well. Um, Lydia Cole, Paula Creamer. Sorry, they're all golfers, like. Uh, Leona Maguire, Lisa Maguire. That's it. That's oh, I'd have to, I'd have to have my boyfriend there as well. I suppose. I have to throw On that a stool in the corner. Yeah, he can, uh, he can be in the corner. <laughs> there we go. It's been an absolute pleasure. And look forward to seeing you at the academy. And we actually might get a game of golf this time because we actually never have. We just have the banters over cups of coffee at the reception. Definitely. So we may, stop, we may, we may write that wrong. We'll have to when soon as golf course is open. That's that's set up. They're open. This is out. You know, oh this yeah, is sorry. Day they're, open they're, open. they're open. <laughs> Mary, thank you very much. Thanks so much, Patty. 
What a super refreshing chat that was. Yes, my audio was a bit tinny. Yes, that was also the last Zoom, <laughs> the last Zoom uh, interview I think I'll ever be doing. The phone interviews are going really well. The audio is even better. But let me know what you think about the episode with Mary Doyle just there. Let me think, has it opened your, or let me know, not let me think, I'm going to have to think. Let me know, has it opened your eyes as to even going into the academy because I know until I was passing it every day twice a day going to work that I was somewhat reserved about going in uh, I thought it was for the elite golfers I thought oh that's the GOI academy as it was then and um, I second guessed myself about going in there for years or even going up for a day trip and getting a, a clinic or whatever I thought it was just for um, the panels the the provincial teams etc but it's not it's for everyone you don't even have to play golf. Go in, have a kite with Mary, Niall, um, and the team there with Kenny, and um, just ask them how you can get into golf. And they would love to introduce you and your family, your friends, your work colleagues to the game, all having a bit of fun. So I hope that came across with with Miss Doyle. Um, coffee with this Miss Doyle, not tea. Go on, go on, if you get that joke. Um, We'll have some fun together sometime, maybe in the courts, we get that joke. But um, yeah, it's always fun chatting with Mary. I hope it's come across that uh, Golf Ireland and the Academy um, have their hands open to everybody who wants to embrace and engage with the game. Um, so yeah, that's it. Let me know what you think. Tell a friend about the show. Tell a friend um, that there's this little Irish golf podcast um, punching above its weight and I weigh a lot uh, yes that is the same joke two weeks in a row but maybe you didn't listen this far last week that's all for now I hope we're all enjoying the fairways uh, I'm recording this now this outro and it's absolutely lashing down outside but I still might go out to the range you know golf is back and I absolutely love it until we tee up again soon folks I'm Paddy I'm Paddy